Welcome to Say Hi to Your Pets, the podcast about stuff. My name is Edmund. My voice is already cracking. I am currently recording this on 12-29-2023 at 4.40 in the morning. You might be asking, why are you recording at 4.40 a.m.? Well, um, I have a weird work schedule. So even on my days off, I sleep at a weird hour and I wake up at a weird hour. It's pretty miserable and there's no escape from that. I am off today. I considered picking up an an extra shift at 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. And I just decided against it because I'm exhausted and my feet hurt. And do I need the extra money? Desperately so. But I also need rest. Um, I I named this episode Watching Charlie Brown Christmas as an Old Man. But I wish I could have named it Watching Charlie Brown Christmas for the First Time as an Old Man. Maybe I'll change it. I thought that was going to be too old. Too, too old? Jeez. Too long for an episode title? But maybe I'll 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 change it. Wouldn't that be something? Huh? Um But it's true. Um I probably mentioned this in the previous episode about Vince Garaldi, but I had never seen Charlie Brown Christmas and I posted uh to my stories favorite Christmas movie and only one <laughs> only one person responded. And they said, Charlie Brown Christmas. And I told her, I've never seen it. Um, I actually have a professional account and a, a personal account. Two people responded to my personal account. And, you know, it was like Elf, Christmas Story, Die Hard, Home Alone. Home Alone's probably my favorite Christmas movie. I didn't watch it this year. Um, again, desperately wanted to get into this, the spirit of the season. And I, I only watched one Christmas movie, which was A Charlie Brown Christmas. If you consider that a movie, it's 25 minutes. Um, and we'll get to that towards the end of the episode. Um, my Christmas was... I'll open this up. I'll open up. Oh my goodness. I will open up the discussion with a joke that I thought of that I've never said uh, publicly until right now. You know, I'm always afraid of asking people how their Christmas was because you never know, you know, in this climate. You don't know who celebrates which holidays, so it's better to be safe and say, how was your holiday? But I went up to this woman at work, and she was um, she had her back turned to me. But I said, hey, how was your Christmas? And she turned around, and she had a flaming trident. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, 
I already ruined the joke, but I'm going to keep going. She had, (laughs) I had some sort of knot in my throat. She had a flaming trident in her hand. And she said, how dare thee ask how my Christmas was. I do not celebrate Christmas. And I said, oh, I'm sorry. I was just trying to uh, be nice and make conversation. Silence, you fool, she said to me. I do not celebrate Christmas away with thee. Um, That's as far as um, the joke went in my mind. But I think for the most part, how was your Christmases would be fine. You know, I, I took an online class actually, you know, a while back. And at towards the end, this one guy who was a little weird, to be honest, he said, Merry Christmas, everyone in the chat box. And one of the attendees said, made a comment like, don't, don't assume. I I forget the exact wording, but it was like, don't assume we all celebrate Christmas or something. And even if that person was right, in my opinion, that person is the asshole. Not the person saying Merry Christmas, everyone. Not the person trying to be nice and just... They meant no harm by saying Merry Christmas, everyone. And is the person right saying you shouldn't assume that everyone celebrates Christmas? Yeah. But but that comment, in my opinion, is the asshole comment. I would rather have a further conversation with the weird dude who is saying, Merry Christmas, everyone, rather than the person saying, don't assume that we all celebrate Christmas. Like, whatever. Let's not dwell on it. Let's move on, shall we? Um, I thought I was going to talk about something else, but... Oh, yeah. I started off with a joke, then I moved on to that story. My Christmas was pretty good this year, because last year, unfortunately, I got COVID, and it was pretty bad. And then my wife tested positive shortly after that, and she got it worse than me. So for Christmas, like I was FaceTiming my wife, I was quarantining in the room. I, I, I'm pretty sure I've talked about this already before, but, and she tested positive. So she ended up quarantining with me. And then my mom would make food and then leave it outside of our door. And then we would grab it. And to be honest, it it was nice because it was just me and my wife watching TV all day long for maybe a week. And we will never be able to do that again, uh, you know, until we retire, if we're both alive by then, if the planet still exists by then, or if we both get COVID again, which... It's a blessing and a curse, to be honest. And you you have, I have to be honest, it was kind of a blessing to be able to 
to quarantine with my wife and just watch TV all day, I remember we binged so many episodes of Emily in Paris. So many episodes. Not a bad show, but she binges like uh, like it's nobody's business. Um, She binges to the point where I go, I need a break. But it was it was kind of a bummer because my parents were outside and you know they were chilling but me and my wife were quarantining inside so we almost like had a non christmas kind of and then my brother's in vegas and he didn't come obviously and was that last christmas or was that two christmases ago i don't remember I don't remember. But this year was a lot better because no one got COVID or at least no one tested and no one or or maybe no one admitted that they had COVID. But so so my brother came down from Vegas with son number one. Actually, before that, I grabbed my nephew from San Diego he's in the Navy so he was able to spend uh, maybe one and a half days with us before he had to go back and then my brother came from San Diego with his youngest kid and then he picked up the middle son from like LA and we got to have like a Christmas all together for a few hours we had to like squeeze it in real tight which was a bummer but you know better than nothing definitely better than nothing and unfortunately like my nephew they 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 all stayed up real late like 1 a.m 2 a.m maybe and then my brother had to take my nephew back to san diego at 4 30 a.m and then he had to work like 7 a.m. and then work a 12-hour ship, a shift on the ship, which I didn't follow up with him. I, I'm glad it's over. I'm sure he was miserable for the 12 hours, but he's he's also young, so maybe it wasn't a big deal. If it was me, I wouldn't have, I couldn't have done it if I wanted to. Um, you know, staying up till 2 a.m. then driving out 4.30 a.m. and then working a 12-hour shift, I would have died. Um, literally, I would have passed out and then not been able to be revived. But other than that, we had a, a nice Christmas together. We ate together, talked, played games, watched my nephews play games. So it was nice. It was nice. Much better I will say much better than, you know, everyone getting sick and quarantining, I guess. I am so self-conscious that my voice and my... There's a there's a 80 billion pauses where I'm trying to think. And that's a bummer. I'm, I'm sure that's a bummer to listen to also. It's just like a, a constant stutter. A manner of speaking where it's just a constant stutter. Also, my voice is monotone and stupid sounding. I shouldn't be so down on myself, but I am. I am. Um, let, 
I'm going to... Oh my gosh, I just dropped a drumstick. The podcast is ruined. Um, I'm going to Google gaming news. Uh, I don't like... For some reason, I don't like IGN. I'm not sure what it is. Even though they, they probably are the biggest gaming website. I don't know. I try not to go to them. Um, I'm going to click on this headline from Game Informer. Here are the top performing Steam games of 2023. Um, so I'm looking, I'm looking. Top sellers, highest gross revenue earned in 2023. Apex Legends. I don't play it. Baldur's Gate 3. I don't play it. I heard I might like that game. Um. I know nothing about it. Let's look at the Wikipedia real quick. Baldur's Gate 3 is a 2023 role-playing video game developed and published by Belgian game developer Larian Studios. Um, let's see how much it is. Uh, save 10% on Steam. It's asking my date as if it doesn't already know. Um, Uh, there's nudity in this game. It's $53.99 with a 10% uh, discount. I can't afford that right now, but maybe one day. Um, let's see what... Let's see what else um, platforms it's on. Windows, PlayStation 5, Mac, Xbox. Um... I would love to play this game one day. I can't play it on Steam. I wonder if it's on... Um... I haven't powered up my Xbox Series S in years. That's sad. My wife got it for me. I was excited to get it. And I just don't play it. I'm sorry, wife. I'm sorry. There is a character in Baldur's Gate that looks like John Boyega. I wonder if he's... He voices a character. I'm going to go ahead and... and actually, uh, they have some big names uh, in the voice acting cast, according to Wikipedia. Um, J.K. Simmons, Jason Isaacs, Maggie Robertson, um, Doug Cockle, Jane Perry, Stephen Hogan, Tamarin Payne. I just said his name, and John Boyega. I forgot his name for a second. He is not listed, so maybe he's not there. Call of Let's go back to the list. Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3, Warzone Modern Warfare 2. Not my genre. I don't play Call of Duty. Counter-Strike 2. I remember Counter-Strike from decades ago. I, I briefly tried to get into it in high school, but again, it's not my genre. Counter-Strike 2, I wonder if that's a new game. Counter-Strike 2. Um, just give me the wiki. Wiki, wiki. 2023. Um, I, won, 
I wonder if that's a remake or I don't know. I remember that game was huge in in high school, which was approximately eighty thousand years ago for me. Counter Strike Two, a twenty twenty three game. Cyberpunk twenty 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 seventy seven. I've never played it. I bought some sort of special edition for PS four. I should power it up on the PS five, but I've never played. It. I heard the the expansion was good. I mentioned this on the podcast already. I I guarantee I've mentioned that already. Destiny two, Dota two. I guess people love these first-person shooters. Um, Dota 2. MOBA by Valve. That's never really been my genre as well. This is why I feel so, like, disconnected from society, A, the human species, B, and the gaming community, C, because the top-selling Steam games, I, j- I don't play. I'm not interested. Hogwarts Legacy, um, I have on PS5. I, I've never played it. Um, I don't know. I, I'll play it eventually. Lost Ark, PUBG Battlegrounds, Sons of the Forest. I've never heard of that. A survival horror simulator. I mean, maybe I'll check that out, but that's doesn't sound like my genre either. Starfield, which I saw the rele- I saw it got released, but I know nothing about um, role playing game. It's thirty percent off. Recent reviews mostly negative. All reviews mixed. Um, forty-eight ninety-nine, 30% off. I wonder why it's getting bad reviews. Um, not recommended. Most helpful reviews in the past 30 days. I wasn't going to write this at first because I was so 50-50 on recommending it or not, but after Bethesda started replying to negative reviews about why the reviews they've written are wrong, I feel compelled to write something. I would not recommend this game for $70. Oh, this is a long review. I would recommend waiting for its sale, blah, blah, blah. The game itself is just boring and uninspired. It's sterile and safe, built to appeal to the widest possible audience and not offend anybody. Um, the quests themselves, with the exception of a few, are so uninspired and boring and offer no moral dilemmas or require any serious thought. Um... Neon is We Have Night City from CP2077 at Home. Jeez. Um, 8,457 people found this review helpful. I, I, I mean, did you re- read the whole thing? It's, it's a fucking essay. Um, big Cup of Mediocrity. Why is this a negative review? If this game was made by an indie studio with very limited resources in few years, I would leave a positive review. But how in the world that a company that huge with nearly unlimited budget resources and in the end backed by Microsoft 
having years and years to come up with this shallow, soulless, unoriginal, unimaginative, poorly written, poor looking, poor performing game. Alright. Um, pros. Somewhat fun at times. Villages are different and have certain vibes. Sometimes you stumble upon some great views for screenshots, lots of quests. Cons. Gameplay is outdated, copy-paste from other Bethesda games, copies ideas from other games, but fails at making them work. Outdated graphics from 10 years ago, broken outdated game, shallow and empty, no open world, everything is fast travel and tiny instances. Loading screens every two minutes, poor writing, shallow characters, poor performance. I like how at the end they post, follow my curator page for more, my Twitch. Not recommended. An ec- a game of that has an excess of nothingness. An open... It's interesting because this person is saying an open world RPG and the previous re- review said no open world. So I'm getting conflicting reviews here. Someone is lying. Or someone must misunderstood. An open world RPG that is so overstuffed with meaningless content that the seams are starting to split and the empty calories are spilling out. That reminds me of a, a saves the day saves the day song, cars and calories. Check it out; it's a fun song from their best album, "Stay What You Are." Um, all of it beautiful, grand, silent, serene. Pretty sure you spelled that wrong. Action-packed and ultimately unfulfilling. A tremendous lack of focus makes each individual part of the game hollow. Um, And then followed by a, a handful of recommended. So it's mixed, but there's a couple, a few at the top that are pretty negative. Recommended, 7 out of 10, but I get nauseous when I play. Is there a difference between noxious and nauseous? The world may never know. Um, after reading all those reviews for the past 40 seconds or more, two minutes, I, I wouldn't buy I wouldn't buy it for forty dollars, much less seventy. But, um, well, probably because I don't have $40, but, um, all right, let's move on from that. Um, <coughs> I, I, I think I'm done with gaming news. I'm, I'm tired. Can I tell you, I, I tried watching Rebel Moon. I actually clicked on it. I knew I wasn't going to get far because I um I was exhausted and I had to sleep. But I clicked on it. And I know you shouldn't judge a movie by the first 30 seconds. But I'm telling you 30 seconds in I was super bored and I did not want to continue. 30 seconds in, it starts off with a Anthony Hopkins narration, voiceover, 
talking about... I don't know what he was talking about. But I, I don't... Like, everyone is going to know this the story of, of Rebel Moon. And I, I barely know it, but I know it. How um, Rebel... I, I said this already last time, but... I'll, you know, it's it was supposed to be a Star Wars movie. He, Zack Snyder pitched it as a Star Wars movie right after Disney bought Lucasfilm, and they passed on it. So he, for some reason, kept working on it and um, released it. But I don't know how anyone else is going to watch this movie and not see it as a Star Wars knockoff or ripoff or derivative. At the beginning of the movie, you see, you know, shots of space and shots of slowly moving spaceships, a la Star Wars. And then the the opening uh, voiceover is like something about governments. It's like the least interesting thing uh, about Star Wars. I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever watch it. I'm not really interested. I showed my wife a couple teasers and everything looks very Star Wars except super not as interesting or cool. And I'm not even a huge Star Wars fan. Um, let me l briefly look at the reviews. 25% um, Rotten Tomatoes are positive. 4.2 out of 10. Rebel Moon proves Zack Snyder hasn't lost his visual flair, but eye candy isn't enough to offset a storyline made up of various sci-fi slash fantasy tropes. Metacritic says 32 out of 100, based on 38 critics, indicating generally unfavorable reviews. First reviews of the film were mostly negative, praising its world-building and action sequences, but criticizing its storytelling, character development, and derivative nature. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever watch it. Uh, maybe. But very much, maybe not. What, I was going to say something. I've been playing a lot of, um, Hollow Knight. I love Hollow Knight so much. Um, it's, I think it's one of the best games ever made. Definitely one of the best games created in the past 10 years. Um, I might dedicate a, an episode to it, but at the same time, like I, I talked about this before, like I, I would love to make an episode on Tears of the Kingdom, but I'm not sure how much I can say about it other than I really loved it, despite putting like. 200 hours into the game I don't know how I don't know how to elaborate on it I just love the game that's all I can say but every time I play Hollow Knight I google games like Hollow Knight or best Metroidvanias and it always leads me down a, a dark path because it's like I'm I'm hooked on a drug and there's nothing that can um nothing that can fulfill that high 
that I get from playing Hollow Knight. Same thing as Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom. Nothing fulfilled that drug for me that was Breath of the Wild until Tears of the Kingdom. You know, I was googling like best open world games, but it's it's just not the, it's not the same. Um, here's a brief list that I discovered. I think I googled um, best 2022 Metroidvanias or best Metroidvanias released in 2022, and here's the list that I compiled: Infernax, Haiku the Robot, Islets, Islets. Haak, Hack, Ghost Song, Depths of Sanity, Soldiers, The Plumber Thing, Blast Brigade, Moon Scars, Zapling, Astronaut, Evil Legion of Dr. Creed, Line Fungus, Deed Lit. That is the brief list that I compiled. I haven't played any of those, but I know that None of them are going to measure up to what I want. I have a feeling I'm just going to try a bunch of other games and it's just not going to give me what I want because what I want is more Hollow Knight. By the way, where is Silksong? Um, I'm really excited for Silksong. It, it is... I started thinking like... Um... Hollow Knight was made by like three people that I know of. Um, according to the Wikipedia page, Team Cherry, Ari Gibson, William Pellin are the designers. The programmers are William Pellin and David Kazi. And then four people if you include the composer which i would because the music and the sound design is amazing by christopher larkin i i'm amazed that i i understand like because i i am a failed composer and um sound designer i understand that when you were when you're a beginner you want to do everything. You want to compose. You want to do sound design. But at the same time, I feel like I would want to focus on one thing. And if I had to choose, I would choose composer. But Christopher Larkin, he is a... Wikipedia lists him as a composer for video games, film, and television. But he did the... He, I believe he did the sound design as well. Um, and the sound design, especially um, in the last episode, I talked about how shitty the sound, the jump sound for Super Mario Wonder is, and it's very annoying, and you have to jump every two seconds. I noticed that in Hollow Knight, there is no jump sound. It, you see how, like, bad sound design, how impactful it can be? Because in Hollow Knight, again, I said it, but I'll say it again, there is no jump sound. And it doesn't take away from the experience because 
the sound design in the game is amazing. Now, a Mario game without a jump sound, that would be weird because of the the history of sound of the jump sounds in the history of the Mario franchise. But oh gosh, I don't want to go down a rabbit hole about Super Mario Wonder. I don't want to play the game because of the jump sound. Is there something wrong with me? Sure. Sure. But anyway, I don't know. Maybe one day I'll make an episode, even though I talked, I already talked about it at length in the past 30 seconds. But so, like, like Starfield was saying, Starfield probably got millions of dollars pumped into it, and it's getting a handful of mixed to negative reviews. But um, Hollow Knight, and it's. I'm sure it doesn't list the, um, hold on, the the budgets. Hollow Knight was revealed on Kickstarter in November 2014, seeking a modest sum of a dollar sign 35,000. I'm, I'm assuming that means Australian, um, I don't know, 35,000 Australian dollars. Let me, Australian dollars to USD um 35 so that would be 23,763 US dollars the, 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 I, 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 my mind is getting blown as i speak the game passed this goal raising more than 57,000 Australian dollars 57 that's 38,700 US dollars so um, allowing its scope to be expanded and another developer to be hired technical director David Kazi as well as composer Christopher Larkin and look this this does not confirm but let's just assume that no other money was put into the game besides the Kickstarter funds. Let's just assume, or let's just use that as an estimate. And then Kickstarter also takes a fee. I'm not sure how much, how much does Kickstarter charge? Let's say, um, Let's just say 5%. Um, I, I'm doing math on this podcast. Um, calculator. So let's take 5%. This, this must be the stupidest, boringest podcast ever known to man. 5% 5, 5 of $38,700 is $1,935 minus $38,700. So let's just estimate $36,000 they got from the Kickstarter. Are you telling me that they made they made Hollow Knight for $36,000? And look, I know it's possible and I know I know that's why indie game like 
the indie game development is huge because you can potentially make a lot of money. But, um, so they potentially made Hollow Knight for $36,000. Again, I don't know how accurate or how true that is. But I, I'm not seeing how, um, maybe I can Hollow Knight gross. Okay, according to, um, Holy shit. According to this uh, Steam Revenue Calculator, it says $195 million, dollars and then a net revenue of $57,694,592.48. Um, how much money did Hollow Knight make? We estimate that Hollow Knight made 195 I already said that. This is just Steam. I mostly play Hollow Knight on Switch, so that... This doesn't even that that doesn't even take into account switch a uh, switch sales. Um, they spend money. Uh, da, 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 da. Forty-five million dollars. Team Cherry probably made ten to thirty million dollars, if I had to guess. That's still, that's a lot of money. I I bet they're not releasing it because they're like, I bet they're like nervous. I I would be nervous if I made a game for thirty six thousand and you make. I mean, who who fucking knows at this point? There's no exact amount like. You make a game for thirty six thousand and you make millions of dollars. I bet you'd be and before this, let's assume they were four nobodies. Let's just assume they were four nobodies. Now they're they're all their names are on a map. So when you make when you make something when you're a nobody, there's no pressure. I mean maybe there's a little bit of pressure, but you're just like you're making it for the fun of it. Maybe you're hoping you'll make your money back that you put into it. You know what I mean? So when you make, let's just say $40 million, they're millionaires. They are millionaires. And I bet they're like nervous. Like, oh, we, we have to make Silk Song the best it could be. This was a $36 game, $36,000 game. Now it's a million dollar game. I bet they're like nervous. Like, no, this isn't good enough. This isn't good enough. I I wish they have some sort of mentors telling them, fuck the pressure, fuck the gamers who are going to buy this. They're going to shit on your game no matter what you do. Just do exact, do the exact same thing you did last time. I know that's a, an impossible thing to say, but. Oh, um, that's, a, that is a lot of pressure. Um. 
they kind of in they went into it in indie game the movie with um fez and meat meat super meat boy and um other ones i wonder if there's a hollow knight documentary Oh god. There's a YouTube video called Hollow Knight Changed My Life that I will never watch. Um uh, they someone should make it. I interview those four four people, Team Cherry. And I guess Christopher Larkin wouldn't be considered um part of it they they should they should call they should call him a part of team cherry um let me see team cherry how's how's this dead air team cherry holiday sign off 12 13 2019 <laughs> Clearly, oh god. Clearly, they are just, um, they're just hard at work at Silk Song. They did, they haven't released a who's Jack, Jack, Jack Vine. Um, so according to the web, the interwebs, the team is Ari Gibson. William Pellin and Jack Vine. Jack Vine is um, not listed on the Wikipedia page, which is kind of sad. <laughs> Jack is Team Cherry's supremely talented coder. Jack's been building out of the systems, tightening and optimizing and adding a suite of all new exciting features. Jack has worked with Team Cherry for some time now, being instrumental in Hollow Knight's console releases and the development of its huge final free content pack, Godmaster. Um, I wonder if I wonder if they're like chilling, or they're just pulling their hair. Like oh, we are millionaires, everyone's waiting on Silk Song. I hope they're all right. Um, maybe I should. There, there, there is a contact. Um, <laughs> under the message there's a it says your message eg haha but seriously guys when is silk song out i i hope they're i hope they're doing all right i hope they're not like pulling their hair out i did i just say that exact line folks let's move out let's move on to a charlie brown christmas at 43 minutes so I probably talked about this too, but I grew up in Southern California. So I, I grew up on Knott's Berry Farm. I knew, I knew of Snoopy and Charlie Brown because of Knott's, but I did not grow up on the peanut specials. It was just not a part of my childhood. Um, Charlie Brown Christmas is a 1965 animated television special. It is the first TV special based on the comic strip Peanuts 
by Charles M. Schultz and features the voices of Peter Robbins, Christopher Shea. Oh, God. When I click on Peter Robbins. <laughs> oh, my God. Peter Robbins was an American actor. He was the first actor to voice Charlie Brown in the specials. He died January 18th, 2022. Um, that's sad. Um, oh my gosh. He had bipolar disorder and paranoid schizophrenia. He was arrested. Oh gosh. I don't want to. That sucks. Uh, <laughs> um, Christopher Shea, Kathy Steinberg, Tracy Stratford, and Bill Melendez. Bill Melendez also dead. Died in 2008. I didn't think this episode was going to be such a bummer. Um... Anyway, um, so here's what here's what I thought about Charlie Brown Christmas. Um, I I want to say I loved it, but I just didn't. Um, I imagine like I actually tried. I watched it with my wife, and we had a pleasant enough time. Again, it's twenty five minutes after. It was on Christmas Day, I believe, and then after I put on, after I took out Charlie Brown Christmas, I tried putting on The Grinch. And about five minutes in, she said, "I don't want to watch this. This is boring." And I got, I kind of got bummed out. I'm like, "It's The Grinch," but I understand what she said because, you know, when I was a kid, my cartoons growing up were like Bugs Bunny. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, X-Men, stuff like that. Like, funny, fast-paced action cartoons, I guess. And I can imagine, like, the Grinch coming on and then me turning the channel. Because I don't, I don't think I watched the Grinch until, like, last year for the first time. And I could imagine the Charlie Brown Christmas coming on when I was a kid and maybe turning the channel too. There is a slow pace to it. There's a slowness to it. Even even at 25 minutes, um, there's a, a chill, like a warm feeling around it. But it is not action-packed, is my point. And um, I, I watched this special I actually googled is Charlie Brown Christian and um, there's a bunch of articles like here is the highlighted quote after googling that I felt that God protected me and helped me and gave me the strength to survive Charles said I accepted Jesus Christ by gratitude his life would be forever altered by his faith, for he always endeavored to live near a church, be good to others, and his art would be forever shaped by his religious beliefs. Um, 
this here's a an article from the Atlantic the spirituality of Snoopy creator Charles Schultz um I remember um I watched Snoopy on ice at knots with my wife and obviously it's it's I don't think it's an exact it it is not an exact adaptation of the special but it's related. It takes part. And in the middle, there's a kid who says, Christmas is about our Savior, Lord Jesus Christ. They're showing this at Knott's Berry Farm. And I remember one guy in the audience going, Yeah, that's right. Sorry, that was loud. Yeah, that's right. And then people started clapping. And look, I have nothing against religion. I was born and raised Catholic myself. Still practicing? Not so much. But I don't know. I, I get weirded out by religion. You know, I'm in this weird in-between space. Like, when people make, make jokes about religion at religion's expense, I get a little weirded out too because I'm like, well, you know, my wife has a strong faith my parents believe in god strongly so i always get weirded out like i love ricky gervais but i i don't i respect his ability to make jokes about you know religion and he he, he has that whole special about the bible and stuff i i just get a little weirded out because i feel i start to feel bad for my um my parents and my wife, e even though like my Ricky Gervais has never met my parents or my wife. So why should I get weirded out? I don't know. But anyway, like the music in um, A Charlie Brown Christmas, I find to be perfection. Absolute perfection. By the way, during Christmas, like we were opening presents and stuff and, and talking and having fun, blah, blah, blah. And then towards the end of the night, I just, because I was using my phone to take video and pictures, but towards the end, I just started playing um, a Charlie Brown Christmas by Vince Guaraldi Trio. And I put it on speaker, or I, I used my phone as a speaker and I just put it on like, I think where we hang our keys, there's a little place where I put my phone. And it it was perfection. I don't want to get too schmaltzy on you, but... It, it added, like, no one was necessarily paying attention to the music. No one was listening to it, but because we were all talking to each other, laughing, opening presents. But it added so much just to play that music. It was perfection. It was amazing. The music of Charlie Brown Christmas is um, perfection, as I said. But the special itself, like, I, I don't know. It's a little weird. There was that whole section where um, Charlie Brown goes to the... Um, the psychiatrist... And I, I can't, I don't, I, I don't know the name of the, the girl, but she was saying all of these different 
um, phobias. And I'm like, is this gonna, like, this was not registering to me. <clears throat> so I started thinking, like, would this even register to a kid? He's like, maybe you have, I don't know all the phobias she listed, but she was like, maybe you have arachnophobia or possibly agoraphobia. And I'm like, this is a weird part. <laughs> why, why is this a part of the, the Charlie Brown Christmas special? And you know, I relate to Charlie Brown's depression for sure. And he's like, you know, Christmas is here and I'm just not, I'm not feeling it. And I get, I get that part for sure. And who's the dude? I think Linus, Linus is the, he takes center stage and he's like, Christmas is all about Jesus Christ, our Savior. And I, I don't know. I, I think Christian, I think obviously Christians would love that part. But as a non, semi non, semi non practicing Catholic, I'm like, I don't know. It's a little weird. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm in the, I'm in between. Like, I don't like when people make fun of it, but when it gets brought up, I'm like, I don't know if I want, want to see this. So like, I started thinking the Grinch, the Grinch, my opinion of the Grinch grew three times its size in comparison to Charlie Brown Christmas, simply because... I I don't be, I don't believe there's any mention of uh, God or or anything in um or Jesus in the Grinch stole Christmas. And that's the thing. I started thinking like when I want to watch a fun cartoon, I kind of I don't I don't necessarily want to mix religion with cartoons, you know what I mean? I think that's the simply put, I think that's where maybe where my conflict lies. And even though the messages are kind of the same, you know, Charlie Brown's like, no, it's not about commercialism. It's not about the Christmas tree and the decoration. Da, da, da. Um, it's about something more. But in the Grinch, it, they were like, it's about the people coming together and spending time with one another, with one another, and loving each other, blah blah blah, and kindness and and heart. It's not about the presents. It's not about buying things. And Charlie Brown's saying something similar, but the, it's kind of clunky because they're putting together this play which comes out of nowhere. I thought that was kind of weird too. Um. I don't know. Um, and then they're all like hating on Charlie Brown. They're like, you're a fucking asshole, Charlie Brown. Like not with this language, but basically they're like, you stupid bitch, Charlie Brown. You're a, f you, you dipshit. Again, they use different language. And then 
they're like, this tree fucking sucks, Charlie Brown. You went to go pick a tree and you picked the worst one. What a fucking shithead. And then at the end, they're like, this tree ain't so bad. I'm like, why, why did their opinion change so quickly? They, they need to apologize to poor Charlie Brown. So they, they fix up the tree in a seemingly impossible way. They, they make it look nice. And then they're like, Merry Christmas, Charlie Brown. It's such an abrupt ending. It's almost like the ending to Encanto, where there's no ending. They're like, credits. No ending to the movie, credits. Um, so I didn't love Charlie Brown Christmas. Um, you know, maybe if I watch it again, and I might, because it, again, it's only 25 minutes. Um, maybe I'll like it again. But uh, as of right now, I had conflicting thoughts. Um, and... And look, if you, if you want to put religion in your cartoon, that, that's fine. I'm not saying you shouldn't. I'm just saying I... I, um... I'm going to feel weird about it. Um, there was a 50, 50th anniversary padded by a special hosted by Kristen Bell with musical performances by Kristen Chenoweth, Matthew Morrison, Sarah McLaughlin. <laughs> oh, remember you. Boys to Men, Pentatonix, David Benoit, and the All-American Boys Chorus. Um, let me see if that it's on YouTube. Charlie Brown Christmas 50th Anniversary. Um, there's a 42 minute on Vimeo. Uh, it looks like it's readily available on Vimeo. I might watch that right now, to be honest. So I, I don't know. Um, maybe if you watched it as a kid, you would have the nostalgia for it. I, I, I don't, I watched it for the first time as an old man. In 2023, um, so I I don't know. There there that that's it. There you have it. Like uh, again, like I I don't. If they took out the whole religious aspect and they said like, Charlie Charlie Brown, it isn't about the gifts. It's about like loving one another and. Actually, loving one another sound in and of itself kind of sounds religious. Um, maybe I'm full of shit. Never forget that. Maybe I'm full of shit. Anyway, thank you for listening. I hope everyone had a great and safe and happy holidays season. Um, New Year's is in two days, three days. Um, I don't like New Year. New Year, to me, always feels like I should be doing something grand and huge. Like, I should be on the top of a mountain yelling out Happy New Year. But I am always at home with my parents, watching people on TV, having more fun than me. 
my parents start yelling happy new year they do the countdown the 10 seconds down my wife joins in i'm like why are you joining in um it's always very chill we have apple cider it's i always feel sad because it's like another year and nothing has happened it's like death cab for cutie uh, so this is the new year and i don't feel any different um and I'm going to feel the same way this year. Um, I remember after my first girlfriend broke up with me, I took a school trip to, to Paris, France. And when, <laughs> when the new year dropped, everyone was celebrating and there were fireworks outside and I was looking out the window crying. <laughs> um... I still remember that. I will remember that till the day I die. Um, stay safe. Stay well. Stay warm. Thanks for listening. And say hi to your pets for me. <laughs>